0: Well, I guess um, if it's okay, we'll, we'll get started. Um, so this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and today is Friday, April 6th, uh, 2018. And tonight we're discussing The Architect's Apprentice by Alif Shafak. Shifra- Shafak, I, I can't say her name right. Um, so I'm going to give you a little information about her. Um, Alif Shafak was born in 1971 in Strasbourg, France. Her father is a philosopher and her mother is a diplomat. Her parents separated when she was young and she was raised by her mother and grandmother, which she stated was unusual in a Turkish household, which is often ruled by patriarchy. She's lived all over the world, including Madrid, Istanbul, London, Arizona, Boston, and Michigan, and now divides her time between London and Istanbul. She writes books in both Turkish and English, and views herself as a citizen of the world, having attachments to multiple places. She's published 15 books, uh, 10 are fiction, 5 are non-fiction. Her best-known novel is The Bastard of Istanbul, which was the first novel to use the word genocide in describing the atrocities faced by the Armenian people in Turkey in the early 20th century. She was prosecuted under Article 301 of the Turkish Penal Code on charges of insulting Turkishness and could have been sentenced to prison for a term of three years. She's also a regular contributor to several newspapers, including the UK Guardian, the New York Times, the Huffington Post, and The Economist. She's very active on social media, and her Twitter account has 1.7 million followers. She's a founding member of the European Council on Foreign Relations and has been awarded the Chevalier des Lotres des Arts et des Lettres in France. Uh, Tonight's book, The Architect's Apprentice, was published in 2014 and was long-listed for the Walter Scott Historical Novel Prize. In the New York Times Review, it reads, As Shafak uh, traces these characters' colorful stories, she unfurls what might be her most accomplished novel and is certainly her most expansive. Her great strength lies in her abilities to construct plot that encompasses not only Jahan's adventures but also his historical developments, oh, I'm sorry, also historical developments working with a large cast of invented and real characters. So I know it, it might be a while since some of us have read the book, um, so I thought I'd just go over some of the characters' names just to you know refresh everybody's recollection a little bit. Um, there was Jahan. Who uh, started out, he was a 12 year old Indian boy who traveled with Chota uh, to the Ottoman Empire. And of course, there was Chota, who was the small Asian elephant. Um, there were the three sultans, who were real life characters. There was Captain Gareth, uh, who was the ship captain who terrorized Jahan and fortunately had to flee the Ottoman Empire. There was Princess uh, Mehima, who was a real-life character. There was Balaban the Gypsy, who helped Jahan throughout the story. There was the Grand Vizier, vizier, who was husband to the princess. There was Master Sinan, who was the real-life master architect. Um, there were three apprentices. There was Niccolo, Joseph, who was actually a woman, and David. And then at the end of the story, there was Amina, who Jahan married at the end of, of the story. So, um, why don't we go around and, uh, see what everybody uh, thought of this book?
1: Well, I'll start. Uh, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I like, I, I like stories like this that cover a lot of, I around. I, I did get a little confused at times, you know, about, about the time. And because I, I think it may have jumped around some, or maybe I, maybe I was just confused, but, uh, uh, it, it felt a little bit like I was, uh, I, I was, I was a huge fan of Disney movies when my kids were growing up and stuff. So I felt like I was kind of like back in the middle of Aladdin again. So, uh, 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 you know, you had, you had the Sultan and then you had the, the grand vizier and I, and I think the bad guy in Aladdin, Jafar was probably the grand vizier, but sorry, I, uh, sorry, I digress, but, uh, uh, I, I really liked the, uh, y- you know, his, uh, John's uh uh relationship with with Chota and I mean he he he, he, he was a l- he was a little deceitful but he, he was a good character and I I, I just I, I liked all the stuff he got into and I really liked uh ba- ba- Balaban the uh the gypsy I, th- I thought he was he was pretty cool but uh uh she did she did a good job telling the story I I did get a little confused about what happened to uh the apprentice at the end uh, the bad guy because i thought he was going to try to get back at him but i don't know if they they tied that out or or, or what maybe somebody can address that but I, I i did i very i very much enjoyed it Th- thanks for recommending it I've, I've not read uh much of anything taking place in turkey and I, I think it's good to uh uh experience books that cover different parts of the world because i mean the world's definitely getting smaller and uh the more we can know about other, other folks, uh, the better off we are to, to to get along with each other and stuff. So uh, this, this was a great one to suggest, and thanks so much.
2: Oh, I loved this book. I thought it was fantastic. I couldn't put it down at all. I really, really loved it. I loved Johan. He was a great character. And the way he, he changed throughout the book and the, the romance that, that never happened it was very well done. And, of course, shoulder loved Choda anything to do with elephants and um like alan i haven't read anything i'm not even sure i've ever read a book set in turkey or istanbul before and not from this time period so it was really interesting and um all the historical details as well the way science and the religion clashed um for example when they when they built the observatory and after that they lost the war and they had the plague and so they, they all thought that it was because they were looking up at God and so they had to tear the whole thing down. I mean, it's just, it's unimaginable. But um, I, I really liked it. You felt there were different stories as you went through. The situations changed and it was nice to see. I like I like a book where you see a character right from when they're young up until when they're older, you know, the, the whole of their life. I thought it was absolutely a stunning book, I really did. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading some more of her books now. Cause I'd never, never read her before, so I'm so pleased it was recommended here. I'm not sure if it's a book I would have picked up on my own. Um, you know, the idea of that, that time period in, in Istanbul, I think, it would probably have put me off a little bit because it's so n- nothing that I know about. But I was so pleased being pushed into reading it, it's a brilliant choice. This is
3: Sherry. Yeah, I really liked the book, too. And like um, some, I'll, I think Shell just mentioned, the, the romance was interesting because unlike most books where they would have ended up together at the end, it didn't work out, and he was still okay. And I liked that aspect of the book, and I liked the elephant, too, of course. And I thought Istanbul itself was almost a character in this book. It was interesting to see the diversity of of religions and ethnicities and everything else that were in the city. Um, And like Alan said, I like the gypsy too. It was interesting to learn how they were treated and um, how helpful they could be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to even remember how I heard about her as an author, and I cannot, I really can't even remember. But somehow, I, I looked on board, and there were only two books. There was The Bastard of Istanbul, And we read for this group a couple of years ago. We read Orhan's Inheritance, which I think is a similar story to The Bastard of Istanbul. So I thought, uh, all right, you know, I'll try this other book um, and and see what I think. And and I really liked it. Also, Um, I didn't really know much about the Ottoman Empire. I still really don't know much about the Ottoman Empire. And I was trying to think, you know, did it feel like sort of a dangerous, unstable place to live? Um, it was interesting about the diversities of, of all the religions that live there. They, they mentioned that at the beginning, and I did find that interesting, but you know, it, it was a, a place where the sultan was in charge, and there was a certain hierarchy. Um, if you remember when he first met the princess, Jahan, she was kind of lurking around the menagerie, and she only came out because she thought she had been stung by a wasp, and she wasn't really supposed to mix with him, so I, I don't know. I mean, there were military threats. There was religious conflict. There were natural disasters. There was like kind of a lot going on in the Ottoman Empire. So, I was trying to think. You know, did I think of it as a dangerous place to live? Um, it was certainly an interesting place to live. Um, I, I wasn't sure, Alan. I, I I I don't know if I understood exactly what you what you said about the Grand Vizier that you saw him as a bad character because I thought that was interesting because one of the questions that I had about him was when Jahan was taken to the dungeon um you know i was trying the, the I, they said that the reason he was taken to the dungeon was because that his plan to renovate the aqueducts would be too costly, but I thought maybe he was kind of jealous over the relationship between Jahan and the princess, so yeah he, he definitely was he was a bad character, and the other bad character um, was certainly um, Captain Gareth, and that was the part of the story that I kind of reminded me a little bit of Charles Dickens because you know you start out with a young boy and he's preyed upon by this, you know, evil man who wants him to, uh, you know, to do dangerous things and and to bring him things, and he, you know, terrorizes him a little bit. And I was really happy when Captain Gareth had to leave Istanbul and couldn't come back. And then I thought it was interesting also when he was in the prison, Jahan, and he started thinking about, you know, the ways that, that the prison could be better, that they could separate the, you know, the older men from the young boys and they could make it more airy and light and things like that. So it kind of reminded me in a, a few places like of Charles Dickens a little bit, which I, I thought was interesting. But, yeah, it was, it was very, um, it was like going on an adventure with him, I, I think. Um, the one criticism that I, that I read about this book um, was that some people felt that the characters were kind of two-dimensional, that they didn't really have, like, a lot of depth of character. So I don't know if people agreed with, with that or not.
1: Well, I, I do have one one question I'd like to, to bring up. And it, it, it's not really about the book itself, but it, it's about just, like, wor- 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 world relations and stuff. Since, I mean, the, the West has always called that city Constantinople, I think, and probably until uh the the early 20th century maybe maybe the maybe in the 19th century. i'm not sure when we started calling it something different obviously constantinople after constantine uh i mean I, I, that, that's a western figure but but i i expect she calls calls it it's i, I expect the people that are from there as uh uh, uh you know leaf is pro- probably have always referred to it as something something different and stuff but uh, you know, th- this question came up on one of our trivia things that our restaurants hand out the other day. It was, you know, wh- what what city uh, is is Constantinople now? Na- you know, n- now known as. So yeah, uh, it, you know, it just got me thinking about it because I mean, obviously, you know, the the West was calling that city Constantinople in, you know, in the mid 16th century when this thing takes place. So I'm I'm just curious, uh, uh, you know, you know. And this is the stuff that I like to talk about because I mean we need to learn how to get along with the, the rest of our fellow man and stuff. And I think, uh, and I think we're probably uh, at least, if not more so, guilty of not getting along with people from that part of the world than, than vice versa. But uh, uh, I, I just thought the, the, the you know the, the name of the city. I mean, it's obviously referred to as Istanbul through the entire book, and I was wondering if anybody else noticed that. Sorry to go on.
4: Well, about the name, uh, originally it was Byzantium. And and this was a civilization, of course, Greco-Roman. It lasted a thousand years before the Ottomans took it over. And it's very well known. But, uh, of course, Constantinople happened back when uh, Constantine came in. But uh, I found it a fascinating story. This is our second, maybe third book on the... uh, we had, in fact, it was this group that we have the author on the Armenian uh, genocide, or whatever you want to call it, uh, happened in Turkey. The, they, in fact, we had, I think, they had the author here, and also uh, <clears throat> earlier we had a book on the uh, medieval time, and that's way years back, uh, of the uh, genissaries and the, the guy from the the. Uh, part of Europe but he was became he was taken over and uh, became a janissary i guess and uh, mo- on the muslim side but I, I found the characterizations quite good i thought i anyway i i i liked them and enjoyed the book i haven't finished it yet i i, I but i plan to because it's a very very interesting story
5: hi um- yeah, I had never read anything like this. And, and like Shell said, I don't know that I would have picked this one up on my own. So that's what I love about book groups, is you're encouraged to kind of go outside of your own comfort bubble. Um, honestly, I, I liked the book. And, I, and I, liked, I thought that the author told the story very skillfully. Um, I loved Choda And it made me feel sad, um, some of the things that they, they did to Choda. Um, and certainly when he died, <laughs> that was sad. Um, but uh, you know, and and I liked Jahan. Um, I found it. I, it wasn't a book that once I started reading it, I couldn't put it down. I had to take breaks from it and stuff because it it seemed kind of slow and a, a little bit plodding at at times. Um, but, um, but I did enjoy it, um, and I'm really, I, like, I like it when an author skillfully ties things up, and she did. Um, so, yeah, it, it, was, it was nice.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was so interesting about Choda. Um, I thought it was really imaginative the way that she brought him into the story in so many different ways because they wanted him to do tricks to please the sultana, um, he jahan sometimes would travel on choda's back so he was like transportation and then i guess the most disturbing way that he was used was he was used during war so they sharpened his tusks and he could stab enemies and he could crush them under his feet so can you imagine being crushed under an elephant's foot so it was it was interesting but i, I can see it could be a little disturbing the way that he was he was definitely used um and, but he was an endearing character, and I was kind of happy at the end when we found out that he had a son. So I thought, oh, you know, that's nice. He, he, you know, he, he, his uh, legacy continues. Um, what did you all think of the relationship between Jahan and um, the chief architect Sinan? Did you see them as sort of a father-son relationship or um, an employer-employee relationship? Or how, how would you describe their relationship?
3: Well, first I wanted to say with Alan I didn't I don't know the answer about Constantinople and Istanbul either. That is interesting. I didn't even know I know nothing about this period of history. I didn't even know that some of these characters were real until I got to the end of the book and it, it mentioned that. I I never didn't know the name of the architect of the Taj Mahal or anything like that. So that was kind of a surprise at the end. Um, I saw them as a father-son kind of relationship. Certainly Johan idolized him. And um, Xenon seemed to treat all the apprentices very well, even uh, david um and he seemed to know that that one was was a girl and then once she was exposed he actually took her into his household as a concubine which at that time was not looked down on like it might be now
2: yeah i i definitely thought that uh johanna and his master was a very very father and son uh, relationship and i i liked him a lot and it was a shame towards the end when um all the all the bit about the will, where it had been changed, and um, Jahan really should have been entitled to everything, but uh, that other I forget I forget the name of the other fella, um, the horrible one where he claimed um, claimed everything, and um, yes I did that I did find the bits with children going to war very disturbing I and mean, it must have been terrifying seeing an animal like that coming towards you and. Oh, but everything was expected of him. You know, he was poor as supposed to fit in with all these different roles, and and it was amazing the amount of animals the Sultan had there. All those different animals and people looking after them, and you know, it's just incredible to think that they were all there just for that one person. But um, yeah, Choda was lovely, and I'm glad um, he did get a bit of romance as well, and <laughs> he he had his son. It was very very nice. I I like books with animals in, um, but he was a bit ill-treated at times, and um, you know it, it was it was quite sad. For, I did feel quite sad for him because he never really he was never really free from anybody. There's so many people expected things from him.
5: It was David. Who um, basically stole Jahan's um, Inheritance um, And yeah definitely father's son I think it was a very special relationship And I think even in that Even in discovering um, That Devi had done that to him you know, Gave us a, a real insight into Jahan and, and just what a good person He was just patient and, and like How disappointed it must have felt But yet you know it's like well if that's the way it is it's, You know that's the way it is uh, but just as a personal thing for me i had it, it troubled me the the selfishness of the sultan to have a menagerie of all these wild animals and they were just kind of in cages or whatever i i have a hard time with zoos i understand that they're important for preservation education but um it did it did trouble me and it, it was not because of the story it was it was the way things were. It was just a personal thing of mine, well, certainly, we've come a long
3: way in our animal treatment in in many ways because luckily, they didn't have any like bear baiting or anything awful like that in this story um, but yeah, it was I, I was thinking earlier well, that you know if I were ever winning the lottery or something I'd love to have a whole menagerie of animals too, but then like you said maybe maybe not. <laughs> maybe it's not such a good idea. I I wondered um one thing I was confused about is did Zinan know that David was a bad guy because it seems like early on in the book he mentioned something about something not being an accident and like he almost seemed like he knew who did it. And yet if he knew that, you'd think he would have maybe gone a little more out of his way to make sure his will could not have been messed with after his death.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 he seemed like one of those persons that, that that knew a lot about what was going on, but also was one of those people that were totally passive about ever doing anything about it. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I liked Sinon. I really, I really thought of... Uh, I mean, he, he was obviously a very, very hardworking and a very, uh, uh, grounded person. He just was one of the best characters in, in the book, I think, in terms of goodness. But, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he, I saw his relationship with, uh, Jahan as, as father son as just like everybody else did. Now I do have a question. I'm a little confused about where Jahan actually hailed from because he was pretending to be Indian and stuff, but was, wasn't he really Ottoman? And that uh, that he was really from that part of the the, the world, and was pretending to be Indian because they, they made a point at the end when he went to Indian to India that it was kind of the flip flop. You know, he was he had pretended to be uh, Indian when he was in, in the, the Ottoman Empire, and then it was kind of flip flopped at the end. but I. I I never was really clear where he was from. Maybe y'all can help me with that.
0: That's a good question, actually. Um, I know he came from a very disturbing background. Um, His mother married his uncle, and then his uncle killed his mother, and then he had all these sisters, and then he escaped on a boat. So he came to Constantinople, Istanbul by boat, and... My geography is not as good as it should be, so I, I don't actually know. Maybe somebody else would would actually know that answer. It's a good question. I, I just wish I, I don't really know that thing. Um, and the other thing I was just going to say that um, I found the princess, M- 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 I cannot never say her name, i us just call her the princess. I found her like sort of a complicated character, but I don't think I really understood her well because... I thought that she was somehow involved in um, granting David the the title of Master Architect after Master Sinan died, but I don't know if that actually if he was actually the person that Master Sinan actually picked. And I thought what she was trying to say was, you know, to give some commentary, I guess, about the role of women at this time. Um, and the fact that the princess really didn't have a lot of power and she felt sort of thwarted in her in her ambitions and, and things like that. So she went to the dark side and she just kind of messed things around. And And she was complicated because she had, I thought, a real affection for Jahan. And Jahan, I thought, really had a love for her. Um, but, you know, they couldn't really ever have a, a real romance because they were from different stations and things like that. Um so I, I found that relation I found her I don't know about the relationship but I found her I guess the one character in the story that I, I didn't really feel like I knew I, I guess enough about
1: yeah that kind of reminded me of the Aladdin movie too so sorry to keep going back to that but you know the uh, uh, the, the princess in the Aladdin movie is you know obviously the princess and and, uh, and and he's like a gutter snipe and stuff so and I think somebody actually called gutter snipe in this book so uh i don't know if uh i don't know if uh, a leaf was taken from any of that and putting this together or not but uh i I, I, you know i I found that entertaining too so you know that's uh uh that 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 makes it interesting trying to learn about different different parts of the world not not that aladdin was a great representation of that but but still uh, uh i i do enjoy seeing and reading about other civilizations and stuff, and it's uh, uh, it's always it's always great to learn about how other people live and stuff. And she did a good job of presenting it.
2: I would agree. I think the princess was a quite a difficult person to understand. Um, and there, there were parts of the book where I thought I didn't quite like her all that much, and then I thought, no, I, I do, I do sort of understand her and her. Um, that woman that followed her about she was a bit creepy <laughs> I thought <laughs> she was a strange character and um, but I, I like what uh, Michelle said about the Charles Dickens um, similarities I never thought of that but that, that's uh, that's very true and I did enjoy um, the bit. So he was supposed to be doing all the stealing and he could never quite get to anything and he was stealing the odd bits here and there but never anything that was really worth what it should have been and um, you know I, I quite like that where he, every time there was a, a bit of a kerfuffle anywhere and anything was dropped he was picking it up and pocketing it I quite like that
3: Did I, I must, I'm confused I must have missed something I didn't think the princess helped David change the will I thought it was that woman that was her sort of lady in waiting that did that but am I did I miss something
0: you probably didn't miss something. I, I thought the princess was kind of behind everything. She was just the, the, you know, she was trying to influence things. And I don't know if that woman would have done it on her own. But, yeah, there were there were parts of the story that definitely that could have been a, a little bit clearer. Um, definitely the princess, I, I, I would agree, was the character that I felt maybe could have used a little bit more explanation. Um I thought that the character uh, Yosef, um the one of the apprentices, I thought her story was was laid out a lot better because we, you know, we found out that she came from uh, a background where her father wanted her to be um in an arranged marriage and she ran away and somehow she ended up in Master Sinan's house, but she had already had architecture training. Um, And, you know, so they decided to disguise her as a man. I thought that was kind of interesting, too. It was sort of like another commentary on the way that sometimes women had to, um, you know, either suppress their their natural abilities or they had to disguise themselves in order to to do certain things. So, And then throughout the story, of course, there's always the harem, the presence of the harem. So I thought she was making, I guess, a lot of commentary about... um, I guess, the role of women um, in, in, in this society, um, definitely. But I, I, I kind of liked at the end, although I was very surprised when um, Jahan ended up married to a woman, I guess, significantly younger than he was, who was pregnant with another man's baby. I don't know where that came from, but I thought, okay, you know, he, it, it, it's okay. It sort of ended up in a, in a, in a nice way.
2: Yeah, I'd say that was the only bit I found a bit strange at the end. Um, I was kind of hoping that he would uh, get together with... um, Oh, God, I'm sorry, I'm terrible for names. The one that was uh, pretending to be a man. I thought in the end that they would perhaps get together and have a marriage of friendship, but obviously that wasn't going to happen. It was a bit strange. It seemed a bit sort of... The the bit where he got married again, That it seemed a bit tagged on to me. I didn't think it was necessary. I thought it could have perhaps ended... A little bit better. It was a bit... felt a bit disjointed. Um, I'm not sure, but... Um, I suppose he had to move on, but it did feel a bit disjointed. But um, I was thinking, how strange to live in um, live in a city that was all walled in like that, where you had to ask permission to go outside the city walls. I mean, it'd be very... Um, it'd, be, it'd be very constrained. Um, I suppose it's for their own protection as, as well as anything else, but... Um, you know, all that time having to ask permission, like when um, when Johan took Chodra out, um, he had to ask. You know, to get to get him a, a a girlfriend for the night, he had to get all special permission and have all papers to show that he was allowed out of the city. And all you know, it's it very restricted. Yeah, I mean, I think throughout history, there's certainly been
0: um, you know different groups that were sort of. Placed in certain neighborhoods. I know with the Jewish community, I mean, there's a lot of places where there was what they called the Jewish ghetto, and, you know, people just were kind of limited to a certain area. People had... Um, uh, you know, certain uh, curfews and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's, it's something that's happened, you know, in a lot of places, probably still happens actually today in a lot of places. Um, I, I think, Alan, you mentioned earlier that you liked the character Balaban, the gypsy, who I really liked too. He would just show up all the time and be very helpful to Jahan. And I thought he was kind of like a little funny, a little amusing, um, I was very surprised when he showed up in the prison. I mean, uh, Jahan really needed his help then. And even though it was kind of a weird um, setting, I did find the, the 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 part of the story that dealt with life in prison, I found that kind of very vivid. You know, it was really easy to sort of visualize these characters and these setting and, and things like that. So I actually found that sort of an interesting part of the story.
1: Did they ever give us a reason why... John was was put in that prison i mean they they indicated that the grand vizier was behind it uh was was it just a get even kind of thing i mean was it i don't know do, 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 do you all know because I, I got confused as to why that was and then i also thought you know that they brought up that point about joseph the 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 woman and it it would have been real easy to disguise her as a as a man or a boy, you know, when she was young. I would have thought it would have been considerably harder as as she got older and stuff. But but, but I guess it's doable. Uh, wasn't Barbara Streisand in a movie where she played a boy through through being an adult? I, I don't remember, but uh, uh, I, I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, that was one of the questions that I was wondering about, was the, the stated reason that Jahan was put in the prison was um, that the Grand Vizier didn't like his idea to renovate the aqueducts, that he thought that they would be too costly for the state treasury. And I thought, okay, that that's, that's the reason. Um, but the real reason, I thought, was that somehow the Grand Vizier sort of sensed this friendship between Jahan and his wife, and he wasn't real happy about that. So he—that's um, why I thought he actually was was put in the prison. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, there's different movies that I that I that I saw years ago. Glenn Close did a movie. I can't remember the name of it, but she looked like a man. Um, she she really did. She cut her hair really short. She kind of strapped down her her breast, and, um, you know, women have done that, you know, years ago um, to, to make themselves look like men. I guess some women might be harder to, to pull that off than others, but some of them, you know, they do, if you don't look too, too closely, I guess, they do a pretty good job of it.
4: Yeah, there we had several clients when I was in the welfare department that had been, one was a stevedore, I think, and the woman in cell. But to uh, qualify for a- ATD or SSI, she had to have a it's medical, so that like, <laughs> she, she proved it.
1: Isn't a stevedore like a dock worker? So she worked on the docks? Wow. she must have She must have had the muscles, I guess but uh yeah yeah you you're right michelle so if 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 you're i, I guess if you're not overly round and stuff and and uh, uh overly endowed it's it would be it'd certainly be it certainly be doable so uh I, I guess uh, uh that's how they were able to pull it off
0: yeah, well, I mean one thing that I thought she did really well in the story was she sort of to me at least she gave sort of the sense that this was kind of a dangerous place to live in certain ways because. Everybody was always dying of the plague. Um, you know, they didn't have antibiotics then. Um, and there were military threats. You know, there were, there were a lot of natural disasters and things like that. So I thought she did pretty well uh, sort of describing the, the setting of the book. I thought maybe she did better with the setting than some of the characters. I mean, some of the characters were very vivid to me, but some of them, Maybe not not so vivid, but I, I kinda like the sprawlingness of the story. You know, it sort of went all over the place. They even went to Rome and they met Michelangelo, Michelangelo. I thought, Oh, okay, let's let's bring him into the story. So it there was a sort of like a, a good sense of setting I thought and sprawlingness that I that I liked a lot in the book.
1: And and I have a question since i 'm always interested in, in, in different different cultures and how they interact with each other when they, when they were doing those military campaigns uh, and the Ottomans were fighting uh, yeah uh, they were clearly fighting westerners, they referred to them as Francos Did I hear that right so i, I 'm thinking they probably weren 't French, so uh, wh- what did y'all gather was the nationality of those uh, the people they were fighting in, in those military battles
3: they were French. Yeah, I think they did used to call them the Franks. And France wasn't, I don't know how well defined the country was or what the borders were at that time. I was thinking, too, I don't remember if they described how these apprentices dressed, but I picture them in sort of loose-fitting robe-type things, and so it might have been easier to disguise oneself in that sense, too. But there were soldiers in the Civil War that, were women that managed to pass themselves off as men and probably in every war except, you know, now it's not as necessary
2: Now I did really like the mix of uh, fact and fiction because I wasn't over sure which characters were um, real life characters and which were fiction Um, but I I did like the way they were bringing in Michelangelo and a lot of other uh, I think they brought in some other thinkers and writers at the time, I can't remember now, um because it's getting on a bit for me. <laughs> if it's past a week, I start to forget huge chunks. But I remember when I was reading it at the time, I thought um, it was very good that she brought in other thinkers and um, astronomers and um, you know all, all the psychology at the time. People had written books and papers and just just people who were having thoughts and changing ideas at the time. I thought it was. I thought she mixed that in very well.
5: I think for me that makes a historical fiction novel um, more um, respectable when they bring in actual pieces of reality and then they intertwine the story. So I, I think that was skillfully done. I enjoyed that. Um, I had quite a few comments. Um, the movie that Alan was asking about with Barbara Streisand was Yentl, and I believe she dressed up because so she could go through rabbinical school. But yeah, throughout history and Maybe not so much today, but I wouldn't be surprised if in some parts of the world there's still the um, needing to just dress up as a a woman. I mean, dress up as a man if you're a woman because of the restrictions.
3: I was thinking the same thing. Shell was in terms of, I thought Johan was going to end up with uh, Joseph also. I thought it was, I was kind of disappointed that she became a concubine, but then I have to stop and think that Zenon would have treated his concubines nicely and that was not a big deal to be a concubine back then.
5: Sorry, wasn't Jihan, like in his mid nineties by the end of the story, and wasn't he like well into his eighties or nineties when he
2: actually married? Well, that was my understanding. I think he was. Uh, I think he was really getting on uh, when he married. Wasn't? Wasn't she a lot younger than him? I forget the details now. I think she was a lot younger than him. And did did he have a son or am I? Am I just imagining that? I can't remember now. Did he have any children with her?
0: Yeah, he was in his 90s, and he married Amina. And I thought she was pregnant by another man, and he, he married her. And Master Sinan, if I remember correctly, lived to be 99. So I thought some of that was like a little fanciful. It was sort of like, you know, they were just kind of... I didn't know how true it would be that everybody would live to be these ages. So I just thought it was sort of like a... You know, sometimes they tell stories and, you know, there's like a little bit of a fanciful, sort of a fantastic element. Not that people can't live to be in their 90s. They can, but I don't know that everybody lives lives to be in their 90s. Um, I don't know if I had a favorite character in the book. I, I guess if I had a favorite, two favorite characters probably would be Choda and probably Balaban. Those were probably my two two favorite characters in the book.
1: Yeah, I- I think I did. The, I think they did. They gave us some math on how old the the woman was. Jahan married, and, and he was like in his nineties. I think. I, I think I worked it out, and she she was like close to thirty. It seemed like so. The, 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 there was quite an age difference.
4: I dozed off during. What happened to the first sultan? I missed that somehow, and I was in that second second when I came back.
0: Well, there were three sultans in the story, and they were all real-life characters. So, um, you know, they just died. <laughs> and, um, so I guess the story, he starts out when he's 12, and at the end he's in his 90s. So, you know, the story probably took place over approximately 80 years, I would imagine.
1: I was thinking that Suleiman, the first sultan, didn't, didn't he die when they were on that military campaign and stuff? So they they had to, like they put him up on the elephant like, like he was still alive so nobody would, would, would know that he had died so there wouldn't be a big morale loss or something or, or am I making that up?
2: Oh yeah, I'd forgotten all about that bit. That was brilliant, yeah, when he died and they stuck him up on the elephant and, and they said they couldn't tell and, you know, at, at that time that he'd actually died. Uh, that was, that was very funny. It was very funny in parts, wasn't it? You know, I had some really, um, well, it was quite, quite a dark tale. It, it did have some very humorous bits in it.
4: You know how they got uh, from India with the elephant by boat? I, I'll never know <laughs> because they had to go overland somewhere to either across the isthmus of Suez or up through the uh, mountains like uh, what was that, 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 that Alexander the Great did. But anyway, they, they did kind of coexist there along the borders. The, but the elephant would have had to go overland.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of reading about sea voyages because I tend to get seasick. Like if I look at a boat, I get get seasick. So, (laughs) whatever. And I felt really bad, you know. Whenever, especially when I hear about like uh, animals traveling by boat, I just think it's like it just sounds horrible to me to take this elephant and put him. I mean, that's how you know that's how they had to do it. They didn't have airplanes. They didn't have train so that would be the way that they would have to travel but it does it just sounded just just awful and, and i agree with you liz i used to like zoos a lot but i have a very hard time when i whenever i'm at a zoo i don't really i mean i understand the the importance and you want to like you said for education and and for preservation but it is it is difficult i think to think of um you know, animals being being treated in in these ways.
2: I have to agree. I, I did find the animal bits very difficult, and like you say, I I don't agree with zoos at all. And you say it's important for preservation, but you pres- you know a lot of these animals you're preserving them just for us, not not for their sake. Um, you know, I, I don't agree with zoos, and I, you know, I don't. You know, the way um, Choda was kept downstairs in the boat. I mean, he must have been terrified. Uh, you know he, he wasn't even on deck or anything obviously they had to keep him down below but he wouldn't know what was going on and then being thrown into the sea i felt really sorry for him well and he didn't really fare well and remember when they
5: first got him off the boat he was not doing well at all
1: yeah I, i'm with y'all on the whole zoo thing it would be nice if we would if we would uh pr- preserve natural habitats and stuff instead of uh, overdevelop in the world and, and let stuff live where, you know, where, where they hail from but hey man's not about doing that kind of stuff it doesn't seem like
5: yeah let's deal with the poachers and let the animals keep the land <laughs> I don't remember because it was I think at the beginning
3: when they were talking about all the animals that the sultan had there but the elephant um, was of some use in terms of being able to use it for battles and to haul people around but I don't know what you would do with, like, a tiger or a bear um, unless he just kept them around to look at, which is really pathetic.
2: Well, that's right. And they they enjoyed the uh, animal fighting as well, didn't they? Because they put Choda up against... Um, what was it they put him up against? Was it a bear and, or a pig, was it? And then they sent in the bear to deal with the pig because Choda didn't know how to deal with it. Was it a wild boar? So they obviously enjoyed a bit of... Um, you know the the animals fighting amongst each other which is um but, but but there again that's what that's what they did in those days i suppose yeah i mean it's it's really terrible i i imagine that they wanted to
0: have these you know the different animals from all over the place maybe as a sign of power you know a sign of of status or wealth you know they they're so wealthy that they can bring in animals from all over the place maybe for um, not quite entertainment, but just you know as, as something to do some some you know way to to occupy their time or something like that. but I thought it was more of a status kind of a thing and it, it is terrible. I mean it really is it's just just awful. it's. it's I mean it was I'm sure it was realistic. Um, I mean some of the characters in the story were, were real. the princess was real, the Sultans were real Master Sinan were, was real. There were real characters in the book and um, I don't know for sure if they had a menagerie, but,
5: you know, it seems it seems possible. Yeah, I, the animals were clearly about status, and they just like to keep them around, like people surround themselves with, you know, cars that they'll never drive or homes that they get to visit maybe once or twice, but it's just all about I can afford these things and I'm going to have them. It's a collection of things, and, again, I, I, I do struggle with the huge disparity in in wealth and how even how that wealth has gotten through really oftentimes no efforts of the people themselves, but you know and then people like you know <laughs> Jahan, who's you know maybe one step above the animals in terms of you know his accommodations and stuff but I't uh, know it was you know that is the way it is, and that's that's it's it's just a unpleasant thing to bring up read about sometimes.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was very much reminded of, of Michael Jackson and stuff. Didn't he used to have a lot of exotic animals and stuff out at Neverland Ranch and stuff? That, that reminded me of that. And and, and I guess she must have really, I guess she must have done research and stuff. I, I, I was not aware of uh, them having those exotic menageries and stuff back back during that time. Or, or you know, like I said, I haven't read much about the Ottoman Empire, but uh, it, it certainly seems all believable. And I'm assuming she did her research and. And, and, and putting all those, those animals there. So, uh, like, like Liz says, uh, yeah, it becomes about a, it becomes a whole status thing and it's, uh, got nothing to do with, with need or functionality or anything like that. It's all about, look what I've got that, 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 that you're not able to have. Uh, they,
4: uh, they kept lions in the Tower of London back in medieval times and that was, of course, that was a symbol of, britain and i guess the ottomans they can't have pictures of things so they couldn't keep pictures of lions but i think it was a status thing
2: i, I did quite enjoy listening to the way um you know the, the the different things for elephant care the way they were you know rubbing things onto his skin um i can't remember what it was they rubbed onto his skin now but um you know Jahan spent a long time uh, massaging stuff into his skin and, and when they pulled the tooth, the tooth when he had the rotten tooth and they had to pull the tooth from him and, you know, it was quite interesting listening, you know, the, the details about the animal, the animal uh, veterinary skills are the very basic veterinary skills and looking after the elephant was interesting. In the very beginning of the book, just after Chota is born,
5: um, honestly... <laughs> You know, Jahan was so heroic in trying to save Chota, but it was a little bit nauseating to me.
3: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. (laughs) Um, I thought the elephant care was interesting, too. I'm glad you brought that up, Shell. It was interesting to see how they would take care of an animal like that. I mean, I don't even know how they do it now, but it was interesting to see how they did it then.
0: It was. I remember about, the, you know, trying to pull the tooth, and he was running around trying to find somebody who would take on this challenge, so it was it was very interesting. Um, I think that there are veterinarians now that specialize in, um, I don't know what they call it, like large, large animals, as opposed to like dogs and cats and, and whatever, rabbits or whatever, they, they specialize in, in large animals, so... Um, I would imagine there's a lot of tranquilizers that they have to use before they, you know, they go near the animals. So it's, it's probably a real specialty.
3: I could be remembering this wrong, but it seems like there's a book on BARD that's called like Zoo Veterinarian or something like that. And it's about a veterinarian at the London Zoo. I just remember seeing a book like that a long time ago and it's probably on my to-read list and I've never gotten to it. Um, Did you guys find it satisfying that Johan did not get any kind of revenge on David? Because at first I thought I was kind of disappointed that he didn't get revenge, but then the more I thought about it, it seemed more realistic with his character that he would have just accepted it and moved on. And in a way, maybe that was a better thing to do.
5: Yeah, I'm glad that Johan didn't... Didn't get revenge because, again, to me, it, it really spoke to his true character. And had he kind of gotten revenge, yes, you could understand it and stuff. But I, I just wonder if if he might have changed. You know, if the character might have changed. so I'm I'm kind of glad he was just able to accept it and move on.
2: I think it was El Patagihanum, I and he didn't really get a lot he wanted. He didn't he didn't get the recognition he wanted. You know, he he didn't get the inheritance that he should have had. He didn't get the love he should have had. You know, there were lots of things that, he, in the end, he he just didn't get. Um, and unfortunately, for most people, <laughs> that's just life, isn't it? So I was quite I was quite pleased as well that it worked out like that.
1: Yeah, it, it fit it fit the character, so I I wasn't disappointed. So how, how do y'all think L. J. Ganser did? I mean, I like him as an narrator and stuff. I hadn't read. Uh, anything by him in a while that he narrated. But I thought, I thought he did a good job with this.
5: I agree. Um, and I was trying to place him because it seems to me like I have read something else that he did. Um, and I just can't place it. I'll have to maybe just Google him to see what else he's done. But yeah, it, I think he did an excellent job.
0: Yeah, I real I had never read anything by him, and I really liked him as a reader. I thought he was actually really terrific. Um, Sherry, did you want to mention our our book for for next month? Uh, yes.
3: Uh, next month we will be reading a book called Saints for All Occasions by J. Period Courtney C. O. U. R. T. N. E. Y. Sullivan. So probably if just search on the title or. Jay Courtney sullivan the db number is 8776 wait a minute 87768 it's a book about two sisters that come to the united states from ireland in the 1950s to new york and they're different totally different personalities and how they fare in the united states and uh, how their lives vary and they fam—they end up, you know, having having families, and the families vary and stuff. So it's sort of a family saga that goes from the 1950s. I'm not sure how far forward it goes, but at least you know, 30 years or so. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. Hopefully, people will like it. So again, it's called Saints for All Occasions by J. Courtney Sullivan, and the DB number is eight seven seven six eight.
0: Well, I haven't read the book yet, but I I just wanted to say that I've wanted to read this author for a long time. Um, I did some reading today about the book and about the author. And um, first of all, um, the reviewer for the Washington Post, Ron Charles, said that this was his favorite book last year that he read about family life. So I thought, oh, that's pretty good because he's a pretty good reviewer. And he thought the book was, like, fantastic. Um, And it was interesting. I was doing a little reading about this book. And um, part of the book, I haven't read it, but Sherry will hopefully corroborate this, deals with a nun. And um, the author has a family friend who was a nun who she spent some time with. And she was very different than she thought she was going to be. I think she was like she had some kind of like Ph.D. from Harvard or something like, you know, totally different. And and she sort of got a whole different image about about that world. So I'm very excited to read the book because I've wanted to read the author for a long time. And she's supposed to be a very good author. Well,
1: I'm going to give a little commercial for Worlds of Books next book. It's on April 17th. Uh, It's the third Tuesday of the month at 9 p.m. Eastern. And it's the Power of One by Bryce Courtenay, C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y, an Australian author. Uh, it's a, a little older. The DB number is three two six three eight. But I've started, it and it's it's gonna it's a little long. It's like nineteen hours long. But it's it it's gonna be a tale kind of like this one. The character starts as a little boy, and he's like five years old, and uh, uh, it, it's set in South Africa. Uh, but it gets into a lot of, it's set in about the time of world war two and it gets into a lot of different cultures and stuff. I think the little boy goes on to become a boxer, maybe, which I'm not a big fan of boxing, but, uh, I think it's probably tied up real nicely into the story, but, uh, it, it it's going to be one of these that's, that's a real good read and stuff. Cause I'm about four or five hours into it and it's very, 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 very good story. So hope y'all read it and, and join us.
2: Can you, can you just uh, give the title again, Alan? Sorry, I missed I missed that.
1: The Power of One, O-N-E, uh, by Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E, Courtenay, C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y, and the DB is 32638. Uh, so if you take the 32 and add the 6, you get the 38. So there you go.
0: Alan, did you mention the,
2: the date of your book group?
1: April 17th, the third Tuesday of the month.
2: Well, normally I can't make anything during the week, but I have a feeling that week I might be able to make it, which is why I'm making a note of the book. But And the one for this group sounds great. I'm really looking forward to that one. It's not an author I've read before, so it uh, it sounds really interesting. Well, I just wanted to thank everybody for coming. Um, I I really
0: do appreciate it. I, I apologize. I, I had the flu um, in for like a month, <laughs> in like February and March and I felt really terrible to have canceled it last time because this was such a long book, and I said I really hope that people didn't read the book, and then you know, a couple of weeks later, if they're like me, they're going to forget everything about the book. So I, I just wanted to thank everybody for their patience, and thank you so much for, for coming and for reading the book and discussing the book. Thank I really do appreciate
5: it. I'm glad you're feeling better. The flu has been terrible, and uh, so I'm really glad that you've gotten through it.
1: Yeah, th- thanks for re- recommending this and uh, and sticking with it. Fortunately, I I waited until uh, just recently to read it because I'm like you. If if, if I read something uh, two weeks later, I forgot it all, especially since I'm on to something else. But uh, uh, I was able to time it and, and read it just very recently. So uh, uh good choice and, and and great discussion, and I appreciate it. And I've recorded tonight's meeting, so I'll, I'll drop that in in my folder with Bob, and and hopefully he'll distribute it shortly
2: yes glad- glad you're feeling better and you know there's nothing you can do about it if you're not well there's, you know you shouldn't worry about it but um normally I do forget books if i haven't if i read them four weeks ago by by this time, I've totally forgotten everything about them but this one i it it's, it's it has stood out to me, and I've remembered it so that's this a lot <laughs> and thanks for picking such a great book.
3: Yeah, thanks, everybody, for coming, and good choice, Michelle, and it sounds like we all survived skipping a month, and we all seem to remember the book pretty much. I think a lot of times once people start talking, I don't know about everybody else, but a lot of stuff comes back to me when somebody mentions something. I try to take notes if I know we're going to be a book club, which helps some, but I had forgotten some of the things some of you brought up, so it was a great discussion.